Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Unapologist Podcast, where the best PD happens in your backyard. Today, we have the keeper of the Holocaust, Christopher Poulsen. Let me tell you, Vito, listen, when Neil Pert wrote it and Getty Lee sang it, they were talking about you when they said New World Man. <laughs> oh, man. A blessing from the Holy Triumvirate. You're too kind. Vito <laughs> McKenzie on this end. Chris. How are you doing this week? You recovered at all, bud, from last I week? Am hey, I am feeling a lot better. I am, uh, I am a re I'm recovered. I'm feeling way better than I was the last couple shows that we've done. And uh, hey, skies are, skies are blue, and I'm happy about that. How are you doing, Vito? You know what? It's It's been another good week. It's been raining a lot here in Ottawa, and that's been kind of fun with the kids in the house and trying to teach online at the same time. But <laughs> we've, we've, we've been having fun. We've been having fun, and it, it's been a good week. And one of my favorite moments happened. We talked about this on our show with Michael Bernards. I went to the grocery store, got the milk, and the expiry date said June. June is on the Ju milk. June is on the milk at time of recording. So the end is near, and that was exciting. But Chris, no one wants cares. to hear about us. Like why? No one wants right, to like we've already been talking too long. Like I am so excited for tonight's guest. I am, Vito has I'm been pumped. Vito has been gushing for weeks about this. I have been. Please, Chris, introduce this guest to us. We hey, ladies and gentlemen, listeners out there, we have Dan Talk on the show tonight. Let me tell you a little bit about Dan Talk. He's a principal here in Fort McMurray, Alberta. He is a he's a bit of a local legend and entertainer. Um, I think in our Fort McMurray uh, awards this year, you won uh, what's that? Everything. Um, <laughs> th this man is this man is like a, a living local legend. Um, and the best part about it is he's a fabulous educator. He's, he engages with his students and his staff so well. He's a principal at Composite High School here in Fort McMurray, Alberta, and he is just an absolute legend. Um, he's got his face on a beer can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know if there's any like, hey, uh, I won I won three Stanley Cups. Yeah, how many beer cans is your face on, bud? <laughs> <laughs> Dan Talk, Dan Talk here. Welcome, thank you guys so much for having me. That was, <laughs> oh. a, was quite the introduction. Uh, Whenever we uh, do the introduction, people are like, "Oh, I actually am pretty good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Thanks. Uh, cool. Yes, yeah, interesting. Oh, you're le legendary, legendary, Mr. Talk here. Um, so well, let's start off then. Let's jump right into it. One question we always like to ask other guests is to tell us, uh, tell us, your, tell us your story, where you came from, how you got to now, your your trajectory of your life. Uh, what 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 makes Dan talks uh, sing? <laughs> Literally, okay, awesome. Well, let's jump right in, guys. Um, so I'm from Newfoundland. I'm from a small town of Fortune, Newfoundland, about two thousand people. Uh, born and raised, always been a musician. Uh, after high school, went to business school. And when I was in business school, I actually got a job at a local music school teaching private lessons in the evenings. And uh, it was really interesting because I found myself, although I still enjoy my marketing degree and I still enjoyed my business school, I found myself far more inclined to plan the lessons for my kids and to think about, hey, what was Billy learning in guitar class today than I was to think about my econ class. Um so after a couple years of business school, my wife and I uh, sat down and said, hey, she was working. Uh, she had done uh, some work in a daycare. We said, hey, maybe this teaching thing is where we're meant to be instead of trying to kind of work around it. So we had a, made a hard conversation in our early 20s and 
packed up, left our jobs, and went to university to become teachers. So that was where that started. Um, always playing music, always playing in, in pubs, and the kind of both the, the dichotomy, the yin and the yang, as you were. Uh, then off to England to uh, explore that. And then, you know what? Someone gave me a quick phone call one day and said, hey, we're looking for a music teacher in Fort McMurray, Alberta. So you're off to England to explore that? What, what do you mean by that? Oh, yeah. You're jumping. So I went to school in uh, my last year. My degree was in Essex in the UK. And then I, my first bit of time teaching was actually in, uh, in Ashford, Kent, which is just south of London. But wow. uh, then we looked back, get to back to Canada, and that's when the opportunity came to move to Fort McMurray. And I think, uh, as Chris can mention, because he's here in this wonderful city with me, a lot of us come here with this uh, one-year plan, two-year plan. Um, I'm on I, year 10 of the five-year plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we landed with like a two-year, three-year plan, and then we fell in love with the place. Uh, started teaching. A few years later, they said, hey, you want to try this counselor thing? I said, yeah, that sounds like fun. And then two years later, they said, hey, you want to try this VP thing? I'm like, ah, yeah, let's keep doing that. And the, the rest is history. So you're 14 now in the city? Wow. That's that's incredible. And that speaks a lot to your skills because for someone to jump from, I moved here, we're just going to try this out, to principal, that's that's a fast trajectory. Um, so it did... Were you just like, hey, yeah, okay, I'll just do it? Or were you like, oh, I guess I could? Like, what, what was what was your thought process? Well, you know what? I'm always a, a guy that says life is short. Grab it by the horns and see what you can do. And I'm always oh, looking for looking for a challenge. Um, so when the opportunity came to take over the VP role, I was really excited to see what I could do for kids. And I always had – it was great because I always taught that music class and that socialized class as well as the VP role. And then mm. when the opportunity came, so you with Compton High School in Fort McMurray, they built a recording studio and they had a new modernization. And the superintendent said, "Hey, we're going to bring you in as a VP to try this out, and just can I get you in there? Because that new energy, that that new blood in the school, uh, you know, the long hair, the tattoos, the Harley driving, all kind of made you fit that kind of that fit that mold that doesn't fit that mold." And uh, so when we jumped in and then a few months later, uh, I became the principal of the school and it was just, it's been incredible. It's been incredible ever since. And it's just, it's amazing to see the kids grow and to see the impact you have on those students. It's just incredible. And Vito, I can, I can speak because I've, I've been there and I've jammed there quite a bit, but the studio at his school is unreal, like unreal. Yeah. I, I believe that. I believe that. Oh wow! So that that must the kids must really love that then, because like, you got a lot of budding musicians there. I'm assuming that just eat that up. Oh, it's so cool, man! It's so cool to watch and see the kids jam out. I have this really cool trio right now. Like COVID is kind of damping it a little bit, but they're in great. They're young, so I will get them going. I got these three young ladies in like junior high who want to form a punk band. Oh yes! And they have no idea how <laughs> excited I am just to watch them grow. And so I do this thing now because I play a lot of guitar. Uh, so I'll bring a cool guitar and like I'll bring a Strat in one week and say, "Hey guys, you want to play the Strat?" And I'll say, "Hey, cool." And then next week I'll say, "But here's an SG. Do you want to see an SG?" And uh, I think the weirdest thing for me is they uh, they look at like Green Day Dookie and they call that classic punk. I'm like, "Oh wait, <laughs> here's but, the Ramones, bud. <laughs> we're not quite at classic punk yet." So, oh, have, have you heard of the Clash? <laughs> but yeah, it's cool to see that. Just, just incredible. And I guess let's let's just move from there. So, in our roles as, as teachers, educators, we get a glimpse into the life of a principal. And I know as a former chaplain and Chris Chaplin, we get a bit more of a glimpse than most get to see. But what are the responsibilities that you take on that are invisible to anyone but those in your position? Uh, in other words, tell us like the real story of what happens behind the scenes, because I think we often forget that principals are humans too. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that should be a mug. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like a shirt. that's the um, motto. You know what? It's it's interesting because you see a different dynamic. Um, as a teacher, and we're, we're all teachers. Teachers are teacher first, right? You're always teacher primarily. That's what you are. You see those kids, and you see that one to one growth. Sometimes, as a principal, that world opens up to you, and you 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 see, you know, the old uh, the old adage that you only see the kids that are doing really well and the kids that are struggling. I try to make a point to get in classrooms and see kids and talk to all the kids, but it is true you spend a lot of time on on the fringes with kids, right? Um, it is certainly a different job. Uh, and sometimes you miss that interaction with the kids, like that one-to-one growth with the kids, you know, the little successes of the Jimmy getting a hundred on his test or, you know, he's, when he gets that outcome, you really kind of see that. But principals are generally understanding. Um, we understand that we are a place where teachers come to vent, where parents come to vent. You are the end all be all for that school. And sometimes that means taking on some stress from people uh, that you didn't expect. And sometimes that means, having big shoulders and having hard conversations, but it's also a lot of successful conversations. The idea that you got to be there to be that rock for your staff, that rock for your school and help people through it. And it, it is, it is sometimes stressful, but you know what it is, it is a great experience. Like there's things that principals deal with that a general population, like the budgets, budgets are a thing that I didn't know I had to deal with. Now I had to deal with budgets, paper allotments, this sounds completely <laughs> non. I'm making all you all your budding educators. Being a principal is more than paper allotments and budgets. Uh, a, lot, a lot more meetings than you do as a teacher. Um, but it's, it's generally really good, and there's always those success stories. Um, it does help when you you trust the people around you. So I mean, I, I think as a leader, well, it was funny. So when I became a teacher. I was always a bit of a class clown in school, which is a skill that's actually helped me out a lot as a principal. Uh, and so my mom said, don't forget what it was like to be you in school when you were, when I became a teacher. And then much like all of us as teachers, I'm sure with our wives, with our significant others, with our partners, we, we've said, oh, I had a rough day. The principal doesn't understand what I'm doing in my classroom. They're asking these demands of me. And I would have those same conversations with my wife and with my family. And then when I became a principal, she pulled me aside and said, hey, don't forget what it's like to be a teacher. So I always held that really close to me. So you always keep that that center that we're all people and we're all on the same team and we're all working for that common goal. So as a leader, you be, you're understanding, you try to build by example. And uh, honestly, I, I say this, with, this is a core tenet of mine. I'll never ask someone to do something I wouldn't do myself. And I'm always cognizant of people's time and people's dedication that, and the work, especially now, that goes into being a successful educator. Absolutely. I mean, I think about in my particular role, you know, jumping online as a teacher, it was tough, but we had like the Google suite. We had all the things to be able to do that. I don't know if there's a Google suite for like administering, you know, (laughs) administrators, there's no, oh yeah, we just did it on Google meet. Well, there's things you can't do on Google Meet because there's still kids that have needs that only admin can handle. And there's still parents that need to talk to admin. And and so I, it's one of those things where I, I really liked how you said um, you trust the people around you. Because I'm sure in, in a time like this, that has just come to the fore because there's simply things that cannot be done by one individual. 
Absolutely. Yeah. You have to give some of that stuff away and, uh, you, you can't have an ego because th- th- there's nothing better. Like a kid will tear your ego down pretty fast. I mean, like the, as teachers, like, oh, this is great. It's like, oh, sir, it flies down. Like, ah, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I was feeling really good at myself and now I'm just shattered. Or, I have, hey. a, cl- I have oh, a class gosh. that I teach now on Google Meet. And at the end of every class, they give me a mark out of 10. and i'm I'm sitting here like this one girl's been giving me straight sixes and i'm like how do i how do i improve for you yeah i had this weird sensation with asad chosby's like you know you kind of look like my granddad i'm like i'm 39 years old what are you talking about oh man so i guess my, my big question is what kind of influence can you have as a principal because you have mandates that are coming from above down towards you Plus demands that are coming from the community up towards you. And then plus you have uh, some ideas as well. Uh, and then you have these budgets to worry about. So how, how much influence, what kind of influence do you have in a school? I can only speak to my experience. and uh, But I, I will say that I feel like as a minister, you, you have a, a, pretty, a pretty large influence on the kids. Because you know what? You make that energy of that school. Um, I always say kids will come up to you. Your kids will meet your expectations, what you expect them, what you truly expect them. Kids will meet that. Staff will meet that. If you go in with high energy, positivity, and, and you kind of go through the school. Like I'm in the school every morning. I do supervision every day with my guitar, and I'm singing to kids. If I see a kid having a down day, I'm like, cool, let's have a sing. Let's, let's have a song. Um, if I see a kid that's struggling, I'm like, hey, you want to come to my office? Like I, I buy comic books for kids. I'm like, hey, they're like, I'm having a rough day. I'm like, cool. Do you want to come to my classroom, my office? And I, I'm trying so hard to fight that perception. That it's like, I don't want to go to the principal's office. That's where you get in trouble. I'm like, no, no, no. That's where you come to have a safe space. If you need to read a comic book with me, if we talk about DC versus Marvel for 15 minutes, then you calm down and you can have a, then you and I can have a real conversation about what's going on in your life and why that might be manifesting itself in the classroom or with your grades or with your, your experience. Then I can get to the root of that problem and fix it. I don't want everybody, and I don't want anybody to be scared of the principal. Like in the morning, the kid says to me, "Sir, I'm having a rough day." I'm like, "Cool. Did you want a bagel? Like, I can go toast you a bagel right now." And they're like, "You know what? I would like a bagel." It's like that's awesome, man. Let's go have some bagels and cream cheese and have a conversation. Um, it's a different approach to principaling. I think. I think administration. I think the idea of administration, just like teaching, has really changed. Where we are trying to get to the root of where kids are coming from and how we can help them. Understanding that when a kid, when a student is having troubles, there's always an underlying issue. Kids want to do well. We just got to find out what's impeding their ability to do well, and that's that's kind of where I come in as a principal. And that's kind of my as my philosophy. That's how it works for me. So I, that's how I kind of I embrace it. I hope I answered that question. And I, I really, what I really like about yeah. that is it totally tears down the kind of us versus them wall that sometimes gets built up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, when, um, when, when you can go in and like the first thought is that's the person who gets me in trouble just doesn't exist. That's massive for culture yeah. building. Oh, is it ever, man? You don't want, and you don't want to be even going to a teacher's classroom. I always, Someone's like, oh, the principal's coming in. I'm like, I'm not here to do anything. I want to sit down. You're doing a really cool lesson. This seems like fun. Can I just hang out with you guys? And then when your staff have that relation with you, they'll come and talk to you with real issues, right? Like you said, principals are people too. Show, <laughs> show them your humanity. <laughs> show them your humanity. But there but, but what I, that's but the, Chris already Chris already said it. it. It's you're the one showing it first. You're setting the example. I, I, it's incredible. Thank you. Like that. That's awesome. And on the note of being human. <laughs> 
Please. He is a human. He is a human. Please. Human with 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 a life outside of the walls of the school, and that you don't go home and sit about uh, sit and think about. Oh, what am I going to do on school next day? Tell us about your career as a performer, please. Please oh. tell us about your career as a performer. And, sure. uh, uh, yeah, please. Like like take us in there. Okay. Well, I've always been a musician since I was a little kid, Newfoundland, growing up around the fire. Um, joined my first band, the Black Roses. Ooh. In like ninety. Three, uh, Ronnie. Four. Always sounds. Yeah. It sounds like a punk band to me. Black Roses. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it was just whatever <laughs> name we could think was cool at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of like uh, Nirvana, Pearl Jam in that right. those days. Um, did that right through high school. Played a lot of venues. Played a lot of like you know the high school gigs. Right. Uh, got to college. Uh, was in business school, started playing with a band called Lloyd Bartlett and Patchwork, who were like all these guys in their 50s and 60s, super uh, developed musicians who just hired me to play rhythm guitar for the band. But I learned so much. My first kind of my first tour around the age of 18. Got to at some point teaching music full time, going to school in the morning. And then after my finishes, my business degree, worked briefly selling cars, which we won't talk about. And still worked in the music store and doing the music thing. And that's when we went back to university. And I, I said to my uh, wife, girlfriend, now wife said, hey, you know, we need a we need a real life. I'm going to be a teacher. We're going to do great. We're going to have mediocre salaries and love life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there will be summers off. Hey, guaranteed. So we did that, got to St. John's, got into my ed program, and a friend of mine who was previously in the Black Roses, true story, called and says, hey, we need a bass player for a gig tonight. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Can you show up? I'm like, I don't really have a bass. He goes, well, let's go to the pawn shop, man, get a bass. So (laughs) off we go. Uh, They say, hey, let's play in the band. So I'm in that band for five years then. Um, Still gigging on the weekends, doing my ed degree. Moved to Fort McMurray. So at this point, I'm gigging. I'm, I did some East Coast Music Awards. I did some. I did. I did a pretty heavy level gigging at that point, but it was still a hobby, and still is a hobby, but a weird hobby. I get to Fort McMurray. I'm teaching music, and someone says, "Hey, do you want to play one gig?" I said, "Yeah, you know what? I don't want my skills. Same thing. Like if I'm teaching it, I want to say I can do it, right? I want to make sure I can still. If I'm telling these kids how to perform, I want to make sure I still have the chops. So I, I promised myself one gig a month in 2008." One gig becomes two gigs. Two gigs between four gigs. Like before COVID, I was doing 120, 130 shows a year. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. As someone wow. who is a Fort McMurray resident, like this, this man is putting in work. Yeah. So I, I, I you know, I've toured. I've, I went to Nashville and did an album. I, uh, I still play a lot of shows. I mean, I, like the YMM awards and virtually i played best virtual entertainer yes yeah. local I, I i find it weird that this like middle-aged principal is the social <laughs> media personality of the city i was like are you sure you got that one right i'm not a, i don't i don't even know what tiktok is that's interesting he, he pronounces it weird i pronounce it awesome yeah <laughs> so yeah that's it music is is kind of it's it's my it's weird because people will say hey aren't you tired after working all day then you leave the school drive two hours to Athabasca, sit up at this pub and play music till two in the morning. I'm like, no, that's like going to the spa for me. Like that Zen sensation of playing music is that kind of centerness. It's just me and my guitar in the audience and you just kind of lose it and you're, you're there and it's amazing. So it's, it's always been my kind of, uh, my Xanadu as it were. That's a film reference for everybody out there. Um, <laughs> so it, it is, it is, it is. Music has always been central into my core and 
I kind of carry that everywhere I go. So, you know, the two parts, education and music are kind of two parallels of my life. So what, I, what I really like about that too, is it speaks in terms of leadership to, you know, for young early career teachers, heck any teacher, it, you have to have a thing. You have to have a thing or you're going to hit that burnout phase. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like people are telling you, how do you do it? How do you do it? Well, if I didn't do it, I couldn't do the thing that the other thing. Yeah, exactly. It is that, I mean, there are two parts of us and we, we had to remember that because teaching is one of those jobs where it becomes your identity, right? Like we don't, you know, not to, not, not to, degrade any other career but if you're you know working in an office you leave and you now you're bill smith in the street but you're always mr polson everywhere you go right i'm always mr talk no matter where you go you like in 20 years i'll go to west edmonton mall and order a pizza so i was like what are you at mr talk i'm like i remember you <laughs> <laughs> i'm not eating this pizza uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it is important to have that outlet and people have their different outlets i've always said the same as like my friends a lot of my friends golf a lot of our teacher friends golf and they say well so you know a round of golf is four hours that's your that's your relaxation music is my relaxation i just happen to get put on the radio for some reason because of it well, the, the humility right here. I love it. I humility love it. right here. You got you got I a terrific it. set list. I'm just curious why you even bother playing after you uh, do Wish You Were Here. It's the penultimate <laughs> song. <laughs> it's well, absolutely. With all respect to your East Coast heritage, this is incredible music, but why bother after Wish You Were Here? Uh, well, I, I agree. There's certain songs, I mean, certain songs you just play like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I'm having fun with this. Yeah. So uh, this this is an interesting point because Chris had a career in music uh, uh, as a performer, and I had a career as a professional magician before we got into education. Oh, awesome! Uh, yeah, so musician, magician. Uh, Chris obviously got the better of the two there, but but, but both of us <laughs> both of us kind of let that slide uh, as we focused on our careers and families. But you kind of just kept going with it, and uh, you're like considered a pillar of the music industry and the music scene in Fort McMurray. So is there ever a conflict between being the musician and being in the scene in Fort McMurray and being a principal? And if not, how do you make that marriage work? Well, that's a good question because there's a conflict in, in, in some people. There's no conflict to me. I accept, I accept who I am. I know what I am. Uh, and that's where that's like that embracing, right? When you understand who you are and you, and you justify it. Now I kill, I still, I always keep myself with my core values. They don't change. Um, I, I don't embrace the adage of, you know, the, the, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. No, I'm, I'm always me on stage. I don't, my songs don't have vulgarity in them because I know that if, if my songs go on YouTube, if something happens, I want to have that image. I still know who I am, right? So I still hold myself to a high standard. Um, the conflict comes with people who don't know me sometimes and get confused and think, hey, but the same, the same conflict happens when they see my hair because I know we're on a podcast. But I have long hair. I have a beard. I have a bunch of tattoos. I drive a Harley to work. Um, and lots of people, when they meet me, like, you don't look like a principal. I'm like, I know, I'm not really. Or the, the weird the weird dichotomy happens when someone knows me from the music world and then walks into the principal's school office or, you know, comes to see their kids or PTIs. And they say, oh, are you, are you, are you meeting a teacher tonight? I'm like, no, no, I'm the principal. Wait a minute. Aren't you the guy that was singing at the pub this weekend? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> or the weird one is when, like, now that I always teach in high school. So I've been performing and teaching for 13 years here. So now I have kids invariably become 18 and go to the pubs. And uh, they always get that weird sensation when they, uh, they start, you know, having to dance or, you know, having to point, look up. 
I think I recognize. Oh my God. Hey, Mr. Talk. <laughs> hey, what's going on? <laughs> I'm the guy singing. Yeah, that only gets awkward when they buy you a beer. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, but it, it's always good. I, it, it is a strange dichotomy. The two worlds don't normally blend, but I think that's what we can push forward. We can push educational boundaries because education is not as stagnant as it used to be, right? Absolutely. And I think you say it perfectly when you say, you know who you are and you know what you're about. And there's not some persona that happens in the stage and there's not some persona that happens in the principal's office. It's you and it's always you. And they're always going to get you, whether you're singing it or you're speaking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that reality. That's, a, that's a massive, massive, massive thing that I think educators around the world need to hear. You know, don't, uh, we, we Vito and I talk about TeachBot 2000, the robot teacher. Don't be that person. You have to be you or you're going to spend an entire career being something you're not. Exactly. I mean, we could, <clears throat> if we try to navigate teaching as, as just the people, the givers of knowledge, then we're not, that's not what we're doing. We're here to create those bonds, create those relationships. I mean, you're right. You can, you can learn from YouTube now. Kids aren't craving screens. We know that now after a 14 months of COVID, kids aren't craving screen time. They're craving human connection, human interactions, growth in the sense that we're thinking about education. And I will be completely upfront. My kids, all my kids really think it's cool that I'm a musician. They really love it. Like that's the guy that plays guitar with a ponytail. And you build that genuine human connection with them. And it's amazing. They have a vest interest. And when people like you, when kids like you, your job's really easy, honestly. Like when you actually are a human and you actually like them too, that's, I think that's the trick to teaching. Let's, let's put that out there. Rule one and only like kids and have kids <laughs> like you. Hey, hey, that's it. I, I laugh because it's amazing how many people miss that rule. Rule number one, like kids. And yeah. This is amazing. Uh, I really appreciate that. Like you've hit on many things that Chris and I have heard from many of our guests so often. And we've talked about so often, just be you, build that relationship, build that relationship. And you're absolutely right. Let, let, let's let's wave a magic wand for a minute though. Okay, so you go into your high school. Um, here's the magic wand. Okay, Vito's giving you the professional magician's magic wand. <laughs> you, you've already had to rebuild your high school after a flood because your high school was flooded, right? Yeah. Uh, we we had just opened up from a brand new rebuild in October. Like we had just finished building it in October and then we lost it to the flood. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so you, you got through that. That's amazing. Uh, we, we've passed through COVID. Kids are back in wave a magic wand and now your school is going to look and function function exactly according to your vision uh, as a principal uh take us through what that looks like it's gonna be a boring answer <laughs> it exists like the high school operates that way because kids are dynamic right there, there is no perfect school there is no there is no cookie cutter school a school is a dynamic of for me 500 people who have different personalities, different growths, different strengths, and, and you know, a, a place where people are comfortable, people want to learn, where they're cohesive, where there is dynamics and that you have the different groups and the groups meshes. I mean, I, I love, uh, I, I speak to Composite directly because it's just such an amazing school and I'm just full of self-promo here now. You know, I see the jocks playing basketball and I, and I, and I hear the, them hanging out and talking about punk music and I hear them talk about Justin Bieber. I had a kid the other day who's brand new to Canada. And you mentioned Pink Floyd, but he actually said, do you ever heard of the Led Zeppelin? <laughs> I said, yes, I have heard of the Led Zeppelin. So that to me is the idea of a perfect school, a community. A school is a community. And where there's, you know, I love seeing 
the student council sign up for Pi Day. And then down the road, I love seeing, you know, one of the classes selling popcorns for their popcorn for their field trip. I love the energy of a group of kids saying, hey, sir, can we use the drama room to jam after school? I'm like, yeah, can, can I come? Can I jam with you? Like, that's what I want to do. And that is my perfect school. So honestly, the school exists. You got to, the school, all these schools, every school exists like that. You just got to find it. You got to ingrate yourself in that school. If you can't find that in that school, you're not looking hard enough. Just it's in there. Right? And, and that speaks so big to, um, you know, every staff has those people who only see it, the grass greener on the other side. And it's about cultivating your own lawn instead of looking at someone else's. Yeah. And I found this is a, a personal thing. Negative people don't like me. They like, they want to get away from me <laughs> as quick as possible. <laughs> like when I walk into a staff meeting, I'm like, oh, guys, we're here to talk about budget so this is cool let's look at what we can do this money like i that guy's way too happy like, oh. <laughs> that's what he's gonna put on the door next year negative people don't like me principal yeah. talk yeah exactly <laughs> but it's true like, i've heard that like, i was like ah he's way too happy in the mornings and yeah i'm like yeah man you, you can find like chris you said it perfectly cultivate your own lawn and from what i gathered the people who are on the cusp can lean, can go both ways. If the negative people are strong enough, it'll pull them over. So you got to be extra cheerful, extra happy, and you can pull them back. Absolutely. And in my experience, if if you make a place that's so positive, the negative people will eventually jump on board, or they'll they'll go away. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and another thing I I really like about that is it goes back to, you know, if you look at the LQS documents, if you look at any leadership. I mean, there's culture building right in there. And that is, I mean, that's it. And, and especially you and your role as principal, it kind of starts with you. And what did you say at the very start of this, of this show? If you bring the energy, people are going to meet you there. Yeah. So it's all, it's all connected, man. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a great, it's a great career. And for a class clown, I mean, it is the best. Every morning you, you give me a PA and I can talk to everybody. Yes. I want to tell dad jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, <laughs> <laughs> when when all the world's class clown realize that they're just supposed to be teachers it's going to be amazing absolutely uh, yeah uh, it'll change education completely let's get specific then though with that question maybe that was just a bit too vague because uh, you love what you're doing and that's obvious and you're cultivating it is there anything you'd like to see more of in there like like more specialized programs because i know okay, you, you're, you're, you are working within constraints and yeah. there's nothing you can do about that is there anything you'd like, you'd like to see more of well, obviously, in a dream scenario, we, we have constraints. We have the reality of where we are, of what of education is and, and fiscal constraints, right? Um, mm. Honestly, I, I would love to see kids have full access to what they need. I would love to see every kid not have to worry about food or being hungry. I, 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 we have a breakfast program. I would love to see staff breakfast programs running and lunch programs running and so that no kid has to go without so we can always focus on learning. So that would be my ideal school. Um where kids have the opportunity to grow without fear of reprisal, where they can learn and they can push and they can push their own boundaries to where they're comfortable. And obviously I wish I had the resources to give every kid that perfect schedule, but that will require, you know, a five teacher to one ATA ratio, ATA for the, my non-Alberta friends, Alberta Teacher Association, look, teacher ratio. Uh, so that would be amazing. If we had unlimited pots and I could hire amazing, incredible teachers for every specialty, so every kid got to have that person who has that passion for what they teach. I mean, can you think of like a more like any principal's dream, right? That's 
facts right there, Vito. I do I need to say it, Vito? Do I need to yeah, say it? Or put should... that time down. Put that time down. I was just going to tell you. Put that yeah, time down. Mark it right now. Market 3511. <laughs> that's big vibe time right there. <laughs> big vibes happening there. So then, you know, I, I love your energy, your positivity, the the the, the reach that, that you have. You obviously care for not only your school, your staff, your students, your, your music, your, everything. Just just full of life. Like just listening to you, seeing you, it, it's amazing. So uh, advice time. I'm a new teacher in your school, and I'm scared out of my mind. This is my first contract. What what advice can you give to me to help me through my first year? Okay, you're okay, Vito, you're a new teacher, and put on my principal face. Yeah, principal um, face is on. Uh, of course, um, be genuine with your kids. Build relationships. Focus on them. Get to know them. Ask them questions. If it takes you ten minutes at the beginning of a class to just talk about their days and build that connection with those kids in that room, then your job will be easier and your experience will be a million times better because they'll have a vested interest in you and you'll have a vested interest in them. When I was teaching, I'd always start my class. Every class, like every time I taught a new class. I would say, you know, you always hear about your coworkers. How are your coworkers? How are the other teachers at the school? I say, you know what? Another teacher in this school. I see, I see the teachers for two minutes while I get coffee in the morning or while I'm at the photocopier. This class, you are my coworkers. We are a cohort. Those teachers work in my building and they're amazing and they're my friends, but I see them for a minute in the morning and as we leave and at, at social events. You... 30 bodies in front of me right now are my coworkers. I want to enjoy my job. You want to enjoy your job. Let's be honest. Let's be genuine. Understand that you can ask me anything and I will be honest as much as I can with you and vice versa. That is, that's end all be all. Like when I had my first kid, I couldn't wait to tell my social 30 class. Like that's because these are the people I saw. I saw them every day for an hour and 20 minutes. These were my coworkers. Yeah, sure. The, the, the math teacher who I thought was a fantastic person. I still think he's amazing. I want to tell him too, but hey, I'm having a kid. Oh, that's cool. And photocopy and I'm happy for you. And then I run to my class and they're genuinely excited for me. I'm excited for them. And the same thing I see now when I see a kid come back and say, Mr. Talk, do you know I got in U of A? I'm like, did you? Let's take a picture. And I want to be that palpable of excitement for them. That that that's the advice. I Again, love that. Like kids, like them, <laughs> like them. Like not I don't, love don't that. fake it. Like actually like them. Love it. So you said some really wonderful things right there. Like really wonderful. What do you think on a whole teachers should just generally be unapologetic about in their practice? Kids first. That's it. Like when you when you have when you're when you're faced with a decision with an administrator, with a community, with a parent member, ask yourself what is best for this kid. Unapologetic, un, un, that I'm unwavering on that. When someone asks me why did I make a decision, even if it's a hard decision, a hard conversation with a parent, or a hard conversation with a teacher, or a hard conversation with someone who is in a, a, a superior role to me. As long as I, in my gut of guts, heart of heart, I know I did it to benefit that kid. That kid needed it. That's why I did it. That's it. That as long as you always put the kids first in your your vision, then you you'll come out right. You, I'm not saying every step will be perfect. We we will make mistakes. We will teach lessons that don't land. As a principal, I will make budgetary decisions that are like oh, I shouldn't. We shouldn't have bought the ride on mower. Uh, <laughs> you, you, know, you turn that into uh, an option class. Yeah. I, 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 quick story. I, I one time was uh, 
I was I was taking a field trip with a bunch of kids in Europe, and a knock came on my door. So we were on a train from Paris to Berlin, and the train split halfway, and half went to Switzerland, and half went to Germany. And around one a.m., me and the other teacher are sleeping in our in our little cubicle, and I knocked on the door, and I answered the door. And I said, "What what's going on?" And this kid says to me, like in full tears, "We may have kidnapped some." South American girls. And I said, I'm sorry? You did what now? <laughs> and he said, they, we were hanging out in the, in, the, in the lunch car with these two girls we met on a field trip from South America. I said, yeah? And he said, the train split. And I said, what do you mean the train split? He said, well, all of our people are still here. But their class has now gone to Switzerland, and they're now on the train with us to Germany. <sighs> so this was the like, <laughs> true story. <laughs> iPhones had just come out and I had like an iPhone three so I, I can make international calls. So these two girls, I said, you know, they spoke English. I said, okay, who can I call? <laughs> so they knew the name of the headmaster of the private school. So we called that person, got that person out of bed at some gone godly hour. They found the number to the teacher who now was asleep in the train in Switzerland. <laughs> got them up. I remember I went back to the two young men's room. I said, now give me all your sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> these girls had like like their like shorts on because they were and I said put clothes on these like put them in so they all had like at this point like high school swag from Fort McMurray okay and then so I had to stay with them then we got the next train stop my my other teacher went on I was like, okay we're gonna stay here connect the trains had to get their teacher to take pictures and send me passports it was just a like, long story think, short what? we have two young girls that we got back to Switzerland in the next train and I got to meet my yeah. class back in Germany. Oh my goodness, the stress, the stress. You you kidnapped kids from South America. <laughs> but, but, but you you could get mad at them and like if the, you know your first the first is like, okay, I'm gonna scream at you. And then but then I was like, okay, let's talk this through. How can we solve this problem and together? I, I love how they come to you. Uh sir, we may have this have may been. have happened. Listen, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to say I'm not, sure. I'm not an expert in international law. Yeah, but we now have two stowaways in a different country with no passports. <laughs> oh man. Oh uh, hey Vita. Chris. Hey, you looking at you looking at your watch? We got digital watch today. I, I'm I'm looking at it. I'm looking you know, at it right okay, now. What does that watch say? What does that watch say? It says that it's Paulson point time. time. It's Paulson point time. Everyone's least favorite part of the show, the Paulson points. <laughs> Listeners, we have been talking with the legend Dan Talk tonight. And hey, this has been just a I, I feel like this has been a Paulson points extravaganza because every single one of the things he said was worth putting down. Hey, friends, number one, passion is going to take you to where you're supposed to be. The man was studying business, and now he's a rock star principal. How does that happen? Follow your passions, my friends. There's a reason they're your passions. Hey, number two, my friend, and and, and this one hit me right in the heart. Um, don't take the little moments for granted because teachers, I bet, I bet as much as your admin love being admin and they do a fabulous job, they don't get those little in the class moments that you do. So don't take them for granted. Friends, you bring the energy and your staff and students are going to meet it. Bring the energy. My friends, you have to have a thing to keep you going. Dan's thing is music. What's your thing? Avoid the burnout by having a thing. And when you have your thing, 
geez, you better know who you are because that's going to keep you grounded. And our final Paulson point for the night, my friends, worry about your own law, not your neighbors. But Vito, Vito, you can't have Dan Tulka on the show and only have Paulson points. <laughs> we got we got the big vibes tonight. Big vibe. Hey, right from the get-go. He said it himself. Life is short. Grab it by the horns and see what you can do, my friends. And uh, another one that hit me in the heart tonight, Dan. The big vibe. Don't forget what it's like to be you. Don't ever lose who you are. Um, and then friends. <laughs> you know, the biggest vibe of the night. The biggest vibe of the night. Don't be afraid of the principle. Don't be afraid of the principle. And hey, all you teachers out there, do not ever be unapologetic about putting kids first. Rule number one and only rule number one, like kids, kids will like you. Put them first because they're worth it. Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. It was an absolute pleasure to learn from, from you, sir. Yeah, ma absolute masterclass tonight for us. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. It was a joy, a true joy to have you here, Dan. Thank you. And thank you for joining us for another episode of the Unapologist Podcast. Join us next week when we'll talk with great people, learn new ideas, and tell the story of teaching as it happens. This is Vito and Chris signing off. Podcast.